guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to That's Not Your Book. I am your host, Agent X. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that no AA member, including any guest I have on the show or myself, speak for AA as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. Please remember you can get in contact with me at any time at that's not in the book at hotmail.com. Um, also, if you want to come along and read the book with me, you can do that. Up until right now, Hampshire Grenadier. Wait, is that how you say it? Grenadier? Say it. Hampshire Grenadier, yes. Yeah, what What the... F- Wait, is that a person? Wait, okay, I know what we're yeah. talking about in the book, but just a second, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means, actually. What does it mean? Do you even know? <laughs> so I, I believe Hampshire is where where this person hails from, and I believe like a Grenadier is a, is a soldier, because later in that little hymnal, it says that um, a good soldier has never forgot whether he dieth by musket or by pot. Um, so I think it's some sort of some sort of military man from Hampshire. Phone on you. I feel like we should Google this. <laughs> Do you know what? Someone actually gave me an AA dictionary. One of my guests, and I see it. Hold on. Let's see if it's fucking in this AA dictionary. <laughs> I've been waiting for a big book dictionary forever, and one of my bomb ass guests like was like, "Oh, I got a bunch. I'll send them to you." And yet I haven't picked it up one time. Oh, <laughs> there's, a, if it says, if it says it in here, this is going to be, oh, it's here. Member of the British army who carried grenades. Do you know, I kind of oh, feel yeah. like a grenadier myself. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, yes, I, I carry grenades actually with me. That's kind of who and what I am. So, um, Hampshire Grenadier, that's actually, we can find you out in the world by that name as well. That's as much as we have to let go of anonymity. You know what I mean? That's your plug. You can find Hampshire Grenadier out in the world. Um, (laughs) I usually have a bunch of these podcasts recorded up in advance. And uh, my life just fucking happened. Like so much crazy bad, but then like it got better and better and better and better. And now I have... You are only like, we're only two weeks out. So people hearing this, we're going to be only two weeks out. So like, Merry fucking Christmas, because I can say that now and it'll be an accurate representation. Absolutely. So tell me about your AA, I refuse to say journey, because seriously, that is the stupidest fucking buzzword. Like, like, don't use the word journey (laughs) unless you actually went from one place to another place. You know, that's a fucking journey. If you're breastfeeding. Is that a journey? Is I don't it? know. My wife calls it the, her breastfeeding journey all the time. And I'm just like, you know what? Shit. It, 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 it feels like a trek. So, you know, I'm cool with that. It feels something like 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 Frodo and Sam, like bringing the ring somewhere. So I'm like, I'm down with it. Let's do it. <laughs> whatever you need. Well, if you your wife just had a baby, literally, she can say whatever she wants at any time yeah. to anyone. And we say, yes, dear, I love you so much. You're so pretty. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, tell me about your AA experience from the beginning. Oh man, from the beginning. Well, um, so I used to go to um, AA meetings with my grandmother. My grandmother, um, God bless her. Um, she died with twenty-seven years sober from alcohol. I, I, I think she got into the pills at the end. Um, that you know, all prescribed to her. But right. you know, I think you know, eventually. Um, at the end, she was she was pretty into the pills, but she used to bring me to AA meetings when I was a kid, and um, we would go to church, and then we would we go to a Catholic church, 
uh, mass on Saturdays and then we would go to an AA meeting. And then if I was well behaved for both of those, I was like seven or eight. She would bring me out for pizza after on a Saturday night. And she had this easy does it bumper sticker on the back of this old Chevy Cavalier wagon. <laughs> and she had just, just a tape player in it. And we would, we would listen to like this ABBA tape and she'd be like smoking Marlboro mediums, like driving me to the pizza parlor after the AA meeting. And so that was my first exposure to AA. All love. Um, all love. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, what was I, you know, eight years old. So fast forward 17 years, um, you know, absolutely addicted to alcohol. Alcohol ran my life. Um, so I got, I got exposed to the, um, program, um, not exposed, but ushered toward the program by my mom. And she goes, it never worked for your dad. <laughs> my dad is still active. She goes, but she goes, you need to do something. And I mean, it was not the first time I've been told that I drank too much or that I was an alcoholic. Um, but it was, you know, I mean, I think consequences bring a lot of us here. Um, mm-hmm. but thank God that, you know, one, the, uh, those of us that find that we have nothing to do with our sobriety, realize that God keeps us here, mm-hmm. keeps us safe and protected. Um, so I went to save a relationship. Um, I ended up getting far more than that. Um, came into the rooms, um, I went to the wrong door of the church. I came down the stairs and and she was like, hi, my name is Diane. And she's like, what's your name? I said, well, my name is Hampshire Grenadier. Yeah. And, uh, and she goes, well, hi, Hampshire Grenadier. She goes, are you just getting out of prison? Like, oh God. <laughs> and she, and she goes, okay. She goes, are you just getting out of rehab? And I said, no. And she goes, well, welcome. Um, if you are, that's fine. But you know, welcome. She goes, you, you you're no longer alone. And I was like, okay. All right. You know, and looking back, I was kind of like, you know, and then that woman bought me a big book, um, at the end of the meeting and the, you know, the end of the meeting, um, everyone gets up to say the Lord's prayer and I was totally freaked out. And this is, I don't remember anything else besides those two things, the beginning and the end of the meeting. And, um, this guy went to grab my hand to say the Lord's prayer. And I, I sat on the outside of the circle and I was like, I don't think I have the same God as you guys do. So, uh, I don't think it's right for me to say this, you know, this, very catholic prayer um is that a catholic prayer the, I, I, I at that point i believe that it was um, mm-hmm. i was in the basement of a baptist church but and um so i was like no i think i have a different god than you guys do and he kind of like looked back looked down at me and he goes okay and he just <laughs> grabbed the hands next to him and they said the lord's prayer you know and there i love how like, we feel at the beginning we have to explain to everybody everything that we're going through and how and like our belief system the first time we walk into aa i was just speaking to someone and she go new i go so have you been to aa and she said well i went to one meeting and i was so nervous to go so i just wrote down everything i wanted to say and i stood up and i just told everybody i read all this stuff and i'm like your first aa meeting like you just walk in and tell everyone what's happening oh, right man. and that's yeah no that's, way that's me too <laughs> oh man so you know i thought that i you know so the guy i, I was like this little kid on the ground I like want, like wanted to be picked up you know i was like no 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 like ask me why i don't want to you know and yeah yeah you know in the most loving way he's like all right man you don't have to say the prayer with us like just yeah you know and um it was this thing where I, I was you know i figured that it was just me going to tell my story and then you know whatever and, and no one asked about my story which um which really pissed me off so i sat there quietly um and you know waiting for them to just beg me to tell my story and no one ever did um which was great so you know i went for i went for five months i was still 
using marijuana, using cocaine, um, pills, mushrooms, whatever, all the, all these other drugs, because I was convinced that alcohol was my problem. And mm-hmm. uh, I made it five months relapse or, you know, drink again on like a Thursday night, few, few drinks had to go to work the next morning. So I really tried to peel it in and, uh, did that made it two and a half more months. And, um, went on like a pretty prodigious bender down to New York city, had my last drink at the top of 30 Rockefeller center two days before Christmas, 2018. And, um, and then came back and uh, decided to give AA an honest go, Mm -hmm. which consisted of me smoking weed for the first 22 months that I went without a drink. So my sobriety (laughs) date is, is November 1st, 2020, you know, 22 months after I had my last drink. Um, And then I only recently, got into the steps, um, right about a year ago with a, uh, with a, a recovered alcoholic. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fellowship based sobriety, a lot of, um, you know, call me for 30 days. I'll be your sponsor. I used to smoke weed with my second sponsor and he nice. tried to bring me through step one and the 12 and 12. Nice. And, uh, it was this, this unmitigated disaster. And, um, he, fi- I, I, uh, fired him when he gave me shit for, um, fighting with people on uh on apartment ads on facebook about the prices of their apartments that i wasn't even gonna buy you know so there was a lot of untreated alcoholism you know for for a long time in the program um so when when we talk about outside issues and stuff like um smoking weed and all this other stuff to someone who hasn't yet recovered the word that i always get is judgmental you know you're so judgmental and the truth isn't at all about my opinions about what sobriety is, you know, you can easily just use the English dictionary to like, understand that sober wouldn't be using drugs, like I use drugs to be sober. Um, However, I think we have a real step one problem in AA. And if we don't understand step one properly, we are not ever going to do the requirements to understand what recovery looks like. So it's not actually a judgment call whether or not somebody's sober who smokes weed because we hear it all the time. It's that I'm actually selling a solution to a terminal illness with no cure and um, an interaction with God. So I, it's not that I give a shit if you smoke weed to be sober but it's um it's not aa right like aa is a single solution for a single problem and um none of it is a solution of substitution so when we talk Mm -hmm. about you know the pills and the doctors and the therapists and the behavior modification and the um smoking weed and all the stuff to be air quote sober it's not a program of substitution. We already tried that. And if you still have to try that, that's okay. It's just not AA. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, and that was my thing. I mean, there was so much, I mean, the guilt and shame crowd in my area absolutely loved me because I would come in and just feel so guilty all the time. I mean, I'd go to AA meetings. What's a guilt stone. and shame crowd? Oh, you know, just this kind of, um, the, the, pe- the kind of the people that are, that are very much still sick in the rooms and their, their whole program rests on, you know, the guilt and shame of, of what happened out there, you know, contrary, these are also the people that kind of, you know, thump the ninth step promises as the promises, the promises. you know, the, the whole, we won't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it crowd that somehow only ever talk about 
their time out there when they're sharing so that's in meetings. Fear based recovery is the way that I ca- they talk about it. Oh, I have to work with newcomers. So I remember when it's pretty clear on 35 that that's not going to be a solution. I can't actually <laughs> remember no matter what that you say to me. Yeah. And so, like, I always have to remember what it was like out there. And I'm always like, do you though? Do you? No, you, no you, you don't. You don't. I remember much, actually. I was blacked out most of my life, so <laughs> you don't. Well, and, and these are the same people that say, you know, the only I have to wake up and practice step one every day. It's every like, well, day. Right. No, because step one is self knowledge, and self knowledge doesn't that keep me sober. Nothing. So, right. I mean, one and two are self knowledge. I have to be aware of yes. these things. There's no, there's no action required yet. You step know, three and, and is a you, lot of self knowledge as well until I'm unblocked. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, and then. <laughs> You know, I've, I've, I've ran into these people since then and it's, it's hard to feel like I want to give love and tolerance when I feel like, why are you darkening the door of an AA meeting with your bullshit? You know, and it's it's all my judgment. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. And I, I, I had a woman come up to me, you know, since my spiritual awakening and she goes, she's from, she has kind of a Southern accent. She goes, honey, I used to love what you used to say about page 417. And I was like, what? You know, and, and oh yeah, That's you know, and I used to like, acceptance is the answer, kind of <laughs> like, you know, you just got to do the next right thing and don't drink no matter what, and that's what I prescribed to because that was all I knew. You know, and well, it's back, the parroting, like, and that's what most yeah. AA meetings are. So if you've parroted old John or Rick with 37 years for like your whole rec- your whole sobriety, and then you get some mm-hmm. asshole who's nine months sober like i was going that's not what it says at all actually that's not what it says at all it's really offensive and really jarring and really like but i've been but old john said this for 37 years and i'm like well old john didn't really study the book he probably read through the book and then spent a lot of time with other alcoholics who parrot little phrases back to each other from from their old timers (laughs) and that's enough for them But it doesn't yeah. change the fact that I now have to be um, an accurate representation of the AA program because I'm an accurate representation of what recovery is. Not because I'm fucking special, but just because I did all the yeah. work. You know, I'm not an exception yeah. to the rule. It says it on page 30, which is – I just quoted two page numbers, which I'm like uh, totally sure it is all – it's on those page numbers, and I'm t- I probably am wrong. So what – it's actually on page <laughs> – 31 good i love it agent x is just like i know every page i don't okay despite all we can say many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe we're in that class by every form of self-deception experimentation they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule therefore non-alcoholic what i believe that in my heart to believe today is that i i have the two symptoms of alcoholism yes twofold me you at the meeting yesterday yes i'd love to lovingly talk about how literally it says that all humans have a spiritual malady stop saying that we're the only people in the fucking planet with spiritual mal- what are you talking about like just the fact that we have gamblers too guess what may not be alcoholic but they have a spiritual malady anyways i get yeah. so worked up about that why doesn't matter it doesn't matter except that we don't have a firm <laughs> understanding of step one in aa that's yeah. why i get worked up when we say things like alcoholism is a threefold illness with spiritual malady being an alcoholic symptom it is not a firm mm-hmm. understanding of what alcoholism is okay 
Yeah. How are you going to do step four if you think you're fucking special? How are you going to just do yeah. step four without an understanding that your neighbor who fucking ran over your cat might, oh my God, how funny. I just forgot that my neighbor ate my cat. My neighbor's dog ate my cat like two years ago and it was all over my podcast. Every day I was like distraught about the murder of my cat. <laughs> I do miss that cat, right? But how am I not going to fucking know that other, how am I ever going to do a proper step four and really connect with God in step nine? If I don't look at every single human being as equal in this world, that our human experience mm-hmm. is a spiritual fucking malady that we all need to find and connect back to God in our own way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Focus. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I can, I can talk to my grandmother about being pissed off in traffic. And she's gonna understand that. I mean, I I can talk to my fifth grade teacher about like, wanting to punch somebody in the face, like they're gonna understand that thing, because we all have character defects. What separates me as an alcoholic from other people is the way that I react to alcohol and the bodily and the mentally sense in the mental sense. And that's it. That's it. So if I understand the only thing that separates me from everyone else. And one of those things we are gifted with a solution to so we don't drink ourselves to death. That's why we are recovered alcoholics, because we have been gifted the solution to the terminal mental part of our illness, it says many times. Now, we don't use the word cured, fuck's sake. Every time we use the word recovered in meetings with untreated old timers, they'll always go, well, we're not cured. Bitch, I didn't say that word. Like, you just made up a new word that I didn't actually say. But they can't tell me why we're not cured. Well, why am I not cured? I still have the fucking physical malady. I do have that. I'll have it the rest of my life. I'll fucking die an alcoholic, bro. That's why I fucking say that I am one forever. However, yeah. like I am recovered from the state of mind that is the reason I'm drinking myself to death. The step 10 promises have come to fruition in my life. Therefore, I've fucking recovered. Well, so- it bring, that brings up this, this idea that like, you know, because I'm not recovered from this physical part of this illness, when I drink, and this is a presumption, I've only ever drank because of the obsession. So like, I mean, I, I knew a guy that was sober 40 something years and he got sober like in the 70s and i think he's passed now and he was like yeah he's like i've accidentally drank alcohol twice in 40 years like i was at a at a like a dinner party or a christmas party or something and i got handed the wrong drink and i took a big gulp of alcohol it was like a jack and coke he wanted a coke and he goes and i and i swallowed it and i went this is not mine and he <laughs> handed it off and you know and it's not like i always think of it as like you know the action of alcohol is like that scene in 28 days later when like that drop of blood falls out of that, like that bird's mouth into that dude's eye and he instantly becomes like the zombie. It's like, it's, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with people. Like, I feel like it's intent. Like the only reason I'm going to drink and activate this physical symptom is because of the mental symptom. Like a million if percent. I, you know, if I, if I'm in like a double blind study and, and, you know, and I truly don't know, and I accidentally drink alcohol, it's not like, I mean, maybe for some people it might be, but I, you know, I don't feel like, I feel, I feel like as an alcoholic, the action of alcohol is the symptom is the result of the obsession. You know? A million so it's percent. Like, I accidentally I drank alcohol intent. this year. And yeah. so it was last year. I was, yeah, yeah. It was last year. We were out to a really fucking nice restaurant. I don't even think I've told this story on the podcast. So I do want to tell it really quick. Um, I, it was last year and 
we were at my husband finds bomb restaurants sometimes. So it was one of those fucking ridiculously fancy restaurants. And they had, now I didn't drink them. I don't drink mocktails pretending to drink, but sometimes at these bomb restaurants, they'll give you some cool ass juice mixture. Right. So I had like Mm -hmm. a fancy juice drink, like sparkling lychee cider or some shit. And it was completely non-alcoholic on their non-alcoholic menu. And, um, she brings over this drink. It has fucking flowers and shit, fruit going down. Beautiful. And I took one sip and I said, this has alcohol in it. And I gave it to my husband and he sipped it and he goes, eh, I don't know. So I called the waitress over and I said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm crazy. I cannot drink alcohol. Can you just make sure that this doesn't have alcohol in it? And she goes, sure, let me find out. Goes to the bartender, comes back. She goes, this drink has zero alcohol in it. And I go, well, this is fucking delicious. <laughs> so I drink, you know, so I drink about four more pretty big drinks. And I'm going, this has fucking alcohol in it. Sometimes they can do like a lemon mixture, though, that tastes like like really um, dry. Like it's really lovely. Yeah. So my, I'm looking at my husband and behind him is a mirror. Okay, so that's how we're sitting. And in the mirror, I see a waitress walk up with a cocktail, and she looks at me, and she looks at the drink, and she looks at me, and she ran to her manager. And I'm like, fuck. And the manager walks over and gets down, and she goes, I am so sorry. And I burst into tears. Oh, no. I burst into it's just like a six star restaurant. Okay. And here I am burst into tears. My husband was furious, you know, and I was like, it's all right. You just don't understand. So she goes, you know, I'm so sorry. This one was alcoholic. And so she took it away. And what I did is I sat there and I just felt how my body felt because I hadn't drunk yeah. alcohol, you know. God is not going to help me recover from this terminal illness to accidentally take me out of recovery, right? I didn't go yeah. drinking. So I did. Yeah. I watched like how my body felt. I I watched a little bit of the phenomenon of craving going on and a little bit of like, ooh, that was really delicious type of shit in my head, <laughs> but knew for a fact that the problem had been removed from me. Like this isn't yeah. an issue. God's not going to save me from drowning to be like, oh. There she goes, accidentally took her out of recovery. She's no longer sober. I didn't change my fucking sobriety date. Like, And I remember my first year, I actually asked all the old timers that I hung out with if they ever drank alcohol accidentally. 100% of the old timers did. So yes, it's not I instantly take alcohol and my life becomes fucking like obsessed with alcohol again. Um, However, it was cool to like see the physical stuff. It was really uncomfortable, yeah. actually, after I oh, had yeah. four yeah. sips and then stopped drinking. But I knew I wasn't going to go fucking drink again. So yeah. it's a miracle. It's a miracle what we are gifted. And that's why we talk about sober being sober, dude. We talk about sober yeah. being fucking sober. Yeah. And that's, story, you know, huh? Yeah, no, terrifying. I I went to a pizza place and there was like a really nice drink on the menu. Um and like we have no, I'm, I'm in like rural Northeast and we have really no like actual nice restaurants, uh, Northeast of America. And um, <laughs> there was this like, there was like this nice drink on there. I'm like, that sounds super good. And, and my wife was like, you should get it. And, you know, and but she, I was like, she meant implied like the virgin. Mm-hmm. So I came over and I'm like, can I get the, it was like some fruity. I think it would, it would have had like Malibu and like rum in it. And she goes, yeah, she goes, 
do you want like white or spice rum? And I'm like, can I actually get it with Sprite? And she looks at me, she's like, you mean like a Shirley Temple? And I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah, like a Shirley Temple. And she was like, um, okay. So <laughs> she comes over and I'm like, I'm like, you can charge me for, for the full drink. She's like, I'm not going to charge you for the alcohol. I didn't bring the alcohol in it. And I'm like, 30-year-old man in there like in the pizza place like drinking a Shirley Temple. I'm like, this is actually delicious. With one of those little cherries and everything? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly. It was like some like, Almost like a sex on the beach kind of like style drink pineapple. with like Malibu and like raw. Yeah. yeah. It had like pineapple juice and like whatever. But I was like, yeah, this is like as close as I get to a mocktail. Um, you 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 know um Clay. He talks about the 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 claymations on on the podcast. He's like, you know, it's a good mocktail. He's like Diet Coke, Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coke. You know, and that's I mean, I don't you know, we don't mix drinks, but you know, if I go out to if I go out to dinner, I just get a water. Yes, <laughs> like because it's not about substitution. Time. I am not yeah. drinking fucking a non-alcoholic beer. I'm not drinking non-alcoholic wine. I'm. This isn't about substitution. I don't miss alcohol. You know, I yeah. um, it, like I like drinking cool stuff. Like I have all. I have like nine different sparkling waters in my in my refrigerator. <laughs> but it's not because I'm pretending to drink alcohol. You know, even when I drank that yeah. drink, it wasn't to pretend to drink alcohol. Yeah. I just fucking loved lychee. Yeah, I mean, you're at a fa- you're, yeah, and you're at a fancy restaurant. Like you know, if I was spending good money at a restaurant, I'd be like, all right, bring me my thirteen dollar nice. juice like, because I wanted yes, a thirteen dollar fucking juice. But so. Yeah. Back to, I don't even remember what started this all, but we have to understand that we are not exceptions to the rule and therefore alcoholic, which is that goes to that, like, I understand what alcoholism is, which is a twofold illness, which is two symptoms. There aren't even any folds. Like, the word fold is just fucking made up. I just have a two-symptom illness. One of the symptoms I still have, which is the phenomenon of craving, and as long as I don't drink, that will never um, get set off. However, I don't have a choice whether I'm abstinent or not. I'm not choosing yeah. abstinent at, abstinence at all. I don't have a choice that I'm sober right now, and nor am I yeah. doing anything to remain sober. Now yeah. that I've had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, I have firm, firm evidence of God. I have evidence of God and what it looks like to have a God-centered life and what it looks like to grow spiritually and what it looks like to deal with shit unspiritually, because that's an option as well in recovery. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have stepped on toes and they have retaliated. Stone cold recovered, right? Um, (laughs) However, little by little, tiny bit by tiny bit, I have uh, progressed in my spiritual fitness and I am not the same dickhead I was all those years ago, even though I still now sometimes I'm a dickhead, but there is no spiritual perfection (laughs) here. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm recovered from the obsession that makes me drink. I'm not, I'm not recovered from being an asshole. Right. Um, But luckily when I am, there are, there are ways, you know, there are directions to deal with that, you know, and um, I have to remember those constantly because I am perpetually wrong and, and an asshole about it. You know, I mean, I'm perpetually discontent, you know, I'm like chronically chronically discontent just in I'm easily disturbable or easily disturbed Mm -hmm. because I am very disturbable. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm in fucking joy. I have been in joy for weeks. Like I have never, I have not been this happy since 2016. And I'm not even kidding. Like I just, every single thing 
has turned a corner in my life. All these really certainties that I thought were going to happen, like my son dying and my divorce. Um, none of these things actually came into fruition. Things are actually better than they've ever been in my whole life right now. Okay. Yep. So I'm like just this little joy fucking, I don't know. It's disgusting. I'm like some, like my little pony out here fucking spreading joy for my stomach. It's gross. Like, absolutely. And, you know, and it's, and it's not even like we, like, I don't, I can't speak for both of us, but like, not, it's not like I don't have bad days, but like mm. since taking these steps rapidly, this is the first year that I've been like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my life ends at my own hand at some point. Yeah. Like, like I've, I'm You're like, I'm going to die by suicide. We're all LOL <laughs> because we yeah. will, we will. Yeah, I, I, I remember being like, tw- like 24 hours sober and, and I had this, this breakdown um, with my girlfriend who's now my wife. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I always knew that the way that I died was killing myself. And yes. she's like, well, it's insanely yes. dark. But I haven't felt that way since I took these steps. Yes. And I'm like, I mean, I've had some bad days. Like, I have a four-month-old. Like, I never have gone without sleep. Like, even when I was drinking and, like, we go without sleep. We haven't normally recently because we've done so much work to have a good sleep schedule with the baby. But, like, I've been run more ragged in the last four months than I have in the last – I'm 30 in the last 30 years. Like, and I'm fine. And I show up. I show up every day. I haven't, you know, I used to call into work when I was hungover. I haven't called into work getting no sleep with a baby. Like I am so <laughs> useful to people despite like, you know, because I have, I've been given gifts. They used to be, everything used to be this, this burden. And now like burden existing was. So yeah. I now am in like the state of fucking pure joy. And I kind of look around like, how is my behavior coming from joy? Because my behavior when coming from fear is actually pretty shitty. Um, when I, you know, I, the past year was like the worst year for me. So I, I just was living in the state of constant fear. And my behavior was still pretty asshole-ish in some areas of my life. Um, but now coming from a place of like, real serenity and joy. It's like, how is your behavior just out in the world? And it's, um, it's pretty good, dude. It's pretty good. I have spiritually progressed over all these years, but it's never been like noticeable. It's like little tiny, like, oh, this is cool. You're less of an asshole here. Oh, you made it to work this whole week. Oh, you've like been nice and brought your partner coffee. Like it's these little things. But then when you look back uh, you know, into recovery, you're like, fuck, I'm so different. And thank God for that. Like, thank God we get to change just a little bit. But nobody's out here yeah. toting like perfection. Nobody's like, I am killing it all the time because I'm absolutely not. <laughs> well, and, and that's, and that's, you know, when you say like we get to change, it's like I absolutely do. And I, and the coolest part is, is I have no part in that. I have no, None. no part in the change. You know, we didn't it's like try that, harder. That, I don't know if, if you've ever heard this in like um, in meetings, but it's a thing around here that people with a little bit of time, like, you know, I'm talking like your 10 to 15 years, say about whoever their sponsors are. But anyway, they say, you know, if you ask an old timer what steps they're working on, they're going to tell you six and seven. And, you know, and now I'm like, wait, why? What? <laughs> what is that? What, what does that mean? You know, and like, oh, well, you know, even when you're sober for that long, you still have character defects. And before I, you know, I, I was like, "Oh, holy shit, man, that's heavy!" Like they go back and do six and seven, and I'm like, "Why the fuck would you not just be living in ten, eleven, and 12? Right? Because and that I never works heard on anyone say that they were living. Yeah, it, like ten is three through nine, like <laughs> you know that yeah. sort of thing. And and um, you know, so now it's like, 
I look back and I'm like, I don't know. And I mean, this isn't, I'm not here to shit on the fellowship. Like I didn't meet anyone that had what I wanted until I listened to the modem to modem um, sponsorship workshop. When I first started, when I first got exposed to a podcast greater than yourself and everyone started, most people introduce themselves as recovered alcoholics. And I'd never heard anyone do that. Mm -hmm. I'd always heard my name is, you know, Eugene and I'm a grateful, grateful, recovering, yeah. grateful, recovering alcoholic, you know? And then I heard all these people introducing themselves as recovered alcoholics. And I'd never heard that. I'm like, well, that sounds a little lofty. Like, what are they doing? Advanced AA. And then I got hooked up with a sponsor from that workshop and mouth it to me. Like, Who is that? Mouth it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the times I was like, I'm going to spell it to you. And I'm like, wait a sec. It's radio. <laughs> oh, was, was that was that with, with our friend Ursula? Yes. <laughs> I listened to that one, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, that, you know, this person was like, yeah, it just, all, the, all that it means is like, you know, we've taken the steps, had the spiritual experience and no longer, you know, li- basically I'm living, once I'm living in these 10 set promises and living in the tenets of 10 and 11, and, and 10 and 11 seem like these very far off you will only understand this when you have 30 years of recovery type things because no one ever spoke about it. All these meetings around here get brought back to step one and war stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, and I've heard people are like, I just can't handle the war stories in AA. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to same brother. You don't have to. Here's the thing is it's very, I don't, I tell my Swansea's like, if you want to use this word, you need to have the thickest skin. Like you need to balls up because this is where I get attacked all the time. And it's not hard to be a female in any leadership position, but it is hard to be a female in Alcoholics Anonymous. And so if you want to use the word recovered, you have to ment- you have to really be prepared for the fact that it is offensive to say things, especially in early recovery, that people who've been around a really long time don't understand because they don't have experience yeah. with it. It's yeah. like being a – if you're like one of those 30-year sober people in AA or just here a day at a time and you never in 30 years realize that we aren't even being sober a day at a time – and then yeah. someone mentions it to you. Those are your core values that we're kicking at. Yeah, I'm kicking at your whole belief system by saying the word, I am not being kept sober at eight at a time. That problem's been removed from me. That is kicking a 90-year-old man in the guts, okay? Like, yeah. oh, I've been yeah. here for that long and never noticed. I never noticed, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and a lot of the times you just get the oh you're just, you know you're just on the pink cloud type thing, and it's like no. well I didn't come here to stay sick. <laughs> I didn't come here to stay sick. I, I I if if I'm if you know looking around the room like if this is what a spiritual experience is, I don't want it. Give give me the thirty eight special instead. Mm. You know I I would I would you know I'm Erie. <laughs> I've mentioned suicide twice on this podcast so far. Oh my but, God, and we always you know, laugh about it. Like there's always and there's. We always talk about suicide because it's an option. I'm not it's here for option, the yeah. people that can just choose sobriety no matter what. I'm here with the message that has depth and weight for the people who are going to blow their brains out because that was me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. And it still could be me. I don't actually believe I'll ever drink again, to be honest, Hampshire Grenadier. I believe that if I spiritually fell off the spiritual wagon, then I'd blow, I'd just kill myself, you know, because the yeah, pain gets too bad. Yeah. 
And I've experienced mm-hmm. the pain in recovery and it it's actually real quick. Like uh, if mm-hmm. I, if I let go of the spiritual solution, literally I start feeling, I start feeling massively depressed and anxious within three days. And oh, yeah. um, I have the example of, uh, my example is always, you're 100% your programs at home, by the way, 99% of the program. And so um, like yeah. yelling at my kids, just losing my shit, okay? Losing my shit mm-hmm. at the kids and instantly knowing I'm wrong, but being embarrassed because I'm so sober, I shouldn't be screaming at my kids, right? And then the next day, like I, I, I won't, I won't apologize. Like I'll dig in. I'll dig into yeah. what I've done wrong. Double down. Yes, yeah, I'm going to double down because <laughs> I have to be right here because I'm so embarrassed by my behavior. And I'm not yeah. going to apologize today either. I'm just not going to talk to anyone. I'm going to go sit in my room and fucking pout. <laughs> by the third day of refusing to fucking make an amend, refusing to make things right in the world, refusing God, I my thought goes – your kids don't deserve this. Your husband doesn't deserve this. You literally should just kill yourself. So when I talk about yeah. suicide all the time, it's because it's a fucking option for the real alcoholic. And that, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. However, this shit works. You know, I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not unique. I have the symptoms of alcoholism. So I have no other choice except not experiment and self, uh, self-deceive. By every form of self-deception experimentation, you know, they try to, I I have the symptoms of alcoholism. I can no longer self-deceive an experiment with not spiritually growing. I have no yeah. other choice but to grow spiritually and use the tools of 10 and 11 so that I don't kill myself. And those are the people I'm here to help. That's who I'm here to help. Yeah. Well, that, that one that you mentioned, you know, it brings up. You know, I mean, in the next paragraph, they talk about the methods that they've tried. So when I when I read that, I'm like, all right, self-deceiving, you know, it's I'm going to set these rules of myself and set parameters on my alcohol consumption, um, self-deception and experimentation, 100 mm-hmm. um, percent, you know, uh, oh, an alcohol couldn't an alcoholic could not drink this weekend. So I sit there, confine myself to my apartment. You know, and, and have a great weekend like, alone shaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, see, I did it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way in alcohol, you know, then I hear people are like, yeah, I, I went, you know, I know people that have gone 30 years without carpet slippers, 30 years without drinking. Yep. As soon as he feels like it's it's time to pick up a drink. A certain four U.S. Later, president, I promise, is an alcoholic that doesn't drink alcohol. There's one that is a dry, dry. Do you know that? Whose whole family is alcoholic that does not drink alcohol. No, no sp- spell it out to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. You and I yeah, are on page 75 and we have, um, you know, really? up to 75, we're into, into action. Now we have some fucking action to take. And it's pretty amazing how um, people go, I don't know how it works. Well, you could take the actions and then it works. <laughs> there are actions to take. <laughs> Okay, so we've taken a lot of actions up until now. We have done, you know, up until our fourth step. And the reason that we are doing that is so that we can clear away all the shit that is blocking me off from God, from my higher power. And if that is actually the problem, you know, when I'm faced in step three, like, what if you have this mental obsession with alcohol because you are so blocked off from God 
that you're, you know, you have nothing else to connect to. It's the only solution that ever worked and now it stops working. And what if your just head to your heart is completely blocked by, um, by resentments, by fears, and by who and what I really am in the world. Because when you went to therapy up until now, it was always like, let's pinpoint what your dad did, you know, and all these traumas and triggers and shit, but then nothing else, nothing else after that. So we've made clear three really big um, uncoverings by this point, which are that I'm resentful at every fucking one in the world that I've ever met, you know, nobody lived up to my expectations of who and what I needed them to be. Everyone has failed. Um, And then plot twist, we find that uh, I, even though I think that I'm some tattooy badass, that I'm driven by a million forms of fear, that literally everything I do and say, and even the way I look is based on fear. Fuck. And then we have the mm-hmm. really, really, really fun one where I realize that I'm a victim of no one because uh, all those men I thought were perpetrators to me, I actually became the perpetrator too. And uh, mm-hmm. every single failed relationship, I was the common denominator and very clearly by the end of that sex inventory. So I now am armed with some facts about who and what I am and how I show up in the world. And the reason that's a problem is because that was my best fucking try. That was my best try at life, wasn't it? Like I'm 34 years old, fucking tried my hardest, and it got me a laundry list of um, resentments and fears and self-pity and broken relationships. And I'm stepping on children's heads and fucking life is unmanageable. (laughs) And I see it for the first time, right? And no therapist is going to tell you this because no therapist, you're not going to come back, are you? You're just not going to fucking come back. If I'm like, let me tell you how you're the problem. However, another alcoholic selling this to me for free and saying she no longer feels like that. That's pretty sick. You know, if you ask me, that's pretty dope. So we have the beginning of a spiritual experience at the end of our inventories. Do you agree? We begin to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, there's one, you know, I, I go in order when I do this with actually doing a fist up with a guy tomorrow at 9 a.m. But it's it's awesome to see in the sex arms inventory, especially because you know you watch people in the beginning. They're like starting to notice their mistakes and call them for a resentment inventory, and they're like, "Yeah, I guess my dad isn't to blame." And then by the time they get to you know the sex arms inventory, it's like, "What could we have done instead?" And then the whole time they're just like, "Not done that." Yeah, <laughs> not, not 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 done that either. You know, they're going down, and then that entire column just looks like, "Well, I shouldn't have done any of this." You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what could I have done instead? Not uh, anything, anything better. Anything done, better. You know, anything, most of you know. mine were. I sh- I knew from the beginning that I shouldn't have been in that relationship, and I fucking did it anyways. I painted every mm. single red flag green. You know, I shouldn't have been yeah. in these relationships where I put humans in a position to fill me up, and then when they failed mm. at doing that, um, I, I turned the light switch off. I did not think a man had feelings until this. And I was married for eight years. So this is like, you know, I, I unraveled to myself that I'm like the world's worst partner, <laughs> which is really bad yet good news because maybe I could do better with the help of God. But like, yeah. I wow, there is, I did not 
walk away with a second of resentment to any person I'd ever been in a relationship with that I was holding on to because I saw that mm-hmm. I used you. I fucking used mm-hmm. you for my own selfish gain. I never thought of your feelings, thoughts, and emotions. I never thought about the your needs and ever, you know, is all about how you could serve me and make me feel better. And if you failed at that, I just moved along, usually before we were even done in our relationship. So I was a great partner. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) dude. So yeah, I used to think that like using people was like only for money. And I'm like, I never borrowed money from any of these women. (laughs) Sponsor was like, okay. Um, You know, and and it wasn't like, like, like a dialogue like that. But I'm like, yeah, like I use people for anything sex validation like any, any, anything any emotional security uh, yep. social status would anything anything I, I didn't even mm-hmm. I, I i didn't even want their money i just wanted everything else you know yeah totally wild, wild. so it turns out we suck and uh that was on our best <laughs> idea like that was our best try yeah. right i didn't intentionally yeah. do or wasn't any of those things like finding out that i'm probably the most self-righteous judgmental person on the planet. I didn't do it on purpose. My desire here, this is amazing. The whole time was loving, passionate, intimate relationships with other humans. Okay. That was my desire. And on my best try at 34 years old, I had zero of that zero, none. And it was my best effort. And when I finally see it all on paper, it was like, you got the opposite of what you wanted. And in dealing with my son, who's a, you know, a drug addict and alcoholic, I will, uh, like, I see it so clearly. It's so easy to see, to take everyone else's inventories, obviously, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. your behavior gets you the opposite of what you want. And I just, that's, that was me on my best try for 34 years as I fucking failed at my life. I just, I failed. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing that we have this opportunity to look at this stuff because the rest of the world doesn't. And even though it's pretty painful to realize I'm big fat fucking failure, like I see it as just such a gift because no one else had a solution for why I was in so much pain. Nobody had a solution. We think it's the step four second column, but turns out it's my step eight list is why I'm drinking myself to death. And if that's the truth, well, just go fucking clean it up and you can live recovered. That's sick. That's so sick, dude. The shit's so simple. Yeah. And I mean, I've lost people right at, you know, right at nine, which I mean, obviously it's a step one problem, but you know, my sponsor explained that he's like, it's like cracking the AA bottle of whiskey. Like you are about to get the relief that you've been searching for in the whiskey by doing, by cleaning up the past. Like anyone can write down who they're mad at. and be like, I guess I had a part in that. I Mm. guess I have mistakes. I guess I should have done that better. But like, by the time that I'm able to dial the phone and make the appointments and knock on the doors and be like, Hey, like this is how I showed up in your life. Is there anything I can do to make this right with you? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, I didn't, I got, I got lucky, I guess I didn't owe really any money except to the IRS and the IRS was happy to take my money. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of it was, you know, exes and ex employers and, you know, and, and parents and family members and stuff. And 99% of them were just like, I'm just happy you're sober. Just stay sober. And I'm like, yeah. I can honor that. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, there wasn't a lot, you know, my, my, I had, I had an ex employer that was like, yeah, you could, um, not drink and drive in other, in other employers vehicles and, you know, snort cocaine, like while you're at like jobs. And I'm like, 
yeah, I can do that too. Solid. That sort of thing. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I didn't get off scot free with like, you know, I'm still old the IRS. I just barely finished those amends. Um, I started making them five years ago and I finished them, you know, in the, in the steps, but um, yeah, it was. uh, It's a, it's a gift to have a solution that no one has offered before, even though this stuff is really painful. So we, you and I are on page 75 now. So what have we done? We've, we've saw the truth and now we are going to, Pocket our pride and go with it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. That was our last guess sentence. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. Now, these are the fifth step promises, dude. This is some of the sickest shit mm. I've ever heard. Once, stop saying the ninth step promises are the promises. The promises right fucking Ugh. here. Once we have taken he, this step. He sells the book short. Right? <laughs> withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We will feel that we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Dude, there's so much in there. The very first thing you hear, well, the first thing you hear in AA all the time is, yeah, I did that. It didn't work for me. And I'm like, oh, really? What step did you do? Well, I didn't do the steps, but I went to a meeting once and they used the word God. So it's not for me. That's literally like verbatim, verbatim, what every. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, that was actually yeah. impressive how verbatim that was. However, yeah, it, this it is the, good, yeah. the first time it says to me that the drink problem may feel as though we're on the road to a solution from it. So if you have not gotten to this point, you have nothing. You have fucking nothing is what I say to people. You have fuck all. If you haven't done your fifth step, you are guaranteed to drink again, right? I think that's pretty cool. In step five, it also is the first time, well, it's the second time where it's threatening my life on how not to recover. So initially, it tells us three times when when you're not going to get well in the first place. Leave something out in step five. Don't finish Mm -hmm. your amends and don't help others. You're guaranteed not to initially recover from alcoholism. Okay. Just do those things. So it's threatening my life. But then it's telling me here, this is the first time ever that you could even maybe expect to feel differently is at the end of step five with drinking. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. good news, you're just turning on to this very opinionated, it's not opinions. This is, we're just talking about what the book says. Very literal. (laughs) Uh, podcast on Alcoholics Anonymous, right? That's what we are. We're a literal representation of the fucking program of AA. If you're just turning into this and you haven't done a fifth step, steps one through five with the sponsor, dude, it's really good news. There's something left to try. That's what I say when I talk in rehabs. I'm like, how many of y'all have been through the steps and started helping other people and sponsor like five people and have outside service positions at like, you know, your home group and other areas and ever, no one will raise their hand. And I'm like, good, good news. Cause you haven't tried AA. You ne- you've never done AA. You've never done <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah. You should expect to be here. You know? Yeah. I have an yeah. HNI Tuesday. And, you know, and that's the whole, the whole thing with, you know, we can look the world in the eye. I mean, I can look in the world in the eye and be alone at per- perfect peace and ease knowing that 100% I am 
the issue in all of these different places of my life. So, you know, I used to want to, you know, really look people, you know, down to the ground or or look people straight in the eye. I want to want to let them know that they're the issue. And now I know that I can look them in the eye with this perfect peace and ease because they're not the problem. Yeah. You know, and, and for the longest time until I got into the fifth step with a person who had recovered, I wrote one, um, at like 13 months, still stoned, but not drinking. And it was this confessional thing. There was no fourth column. There was no, there was one inventory and I started to do it. And I didn't really like the way that it was going. So I just went freehand and just wrote a confession. Nice. Um, and write and write it to a guy. And then he had me burn it. It was a very, very gross experience looking back now. Uh, and you know, I made sure to I made sure to cry at the right moments. It was scripted. It was gross. Yeah. I wasn't ready to let, you know. Awesome. It, it was it was gross. I, I was you know, I mean I wasn't even sober. Um, mm. So you know, beginning to feel the nearness of my creator is only going to come when I withheld nothing. If I if if you know, and I mean you know, there's I I and I tell guys that I work with searching and fearless. Like if I lose my keys in a field. Or I or I lose the remote in the living room. At what point do I start ripping up floorboards, mm-hmm. looking for the remote? You know, and at what point do I start digging a hole in the field when I've lost my keys? Things are going to come back. Then I'm like, oh, because like especially at, at this point, I mean, I had been cleared, removed from alcohol for a little while. Like my brain wasn't still foggy from the alcohol, but things have come up, and I'm like, ooh. But I'm I'm at step ten at this point. So it's like, oh, I take inventory on this, and I can share it with somebody if I happen to go back to the work, you know. And I hear people say, oh, well, you know, if, <laughs> just do another step four. It's like, well, I I kind of gotta if I'm gonna redo this work, I can do it in step ten. But if I'm gonna start this work again, I gotta start back at one and go to four for maybe for a new experience. But like, I truly went at this thing this time withholding nothing, being like here is the full brunt of me as a person and expecting this person to be like, Ooh, and he was like, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that. Yeah. This is, this is not revealing or shocking or like, you know, and that was comforting to know that, you know, someone else had that experience. But even if this person didn't have the same life experiences I have or had, or, you know, or was a much more tame person, I didn't give a fuck because I needed, I needed to withhold nothing and do this and take an honest approach to these steps. And once I did that, I was like, wow, um, I couldn't have done that by myself. I couldn't have, I couldn't have done that on my own willpower because I tried and all this other person got was just a confessional of, you know, I, 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 as people know, might know at this point, I make memes, I made a meme and it was like, when you treat the fifth step as, therapy and it's like the fratelli's interrogating chunk he's like and my mom made me go to a summer camp for fat kids you know and like that was like my first that was like my first fifth step it was like this this yeah. you know wah 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 i've you know i've never told anybody this and when i took it like a business takes inventory it was much it was much more shocking to me and much less shocking to another person i'm doing a just, fifth step thank on- god um, well, I was supposed to do it on Tuesday, but anyways, I'm doing one because, um, like I said, it was the worst year of my life. So I need a new experience and definitely had one. Yeah. Um, so fucking gross. My current fifth step all these years sober is so gross that I had to write in abbreviations and I'm not even kidding. Like I had to write <laughs> in abbreviations what I've done. 
And she's the woman who's taken me through this this uh, time. She goes, oh, excited to hear your fifth step and all this brand new stuff I haven't fucking heard before, you know, like I'm some terminally unique person. And, and it's not, it's not, but I'm embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. And when we talk about step nine as well, step five and step nine, what blocks me off this huge, huge issue that's blocking us off from doing taking these actions is simply embarrassment. I'm embarrassed to come make an amend to you. I'm embarrassed that I behave that way. And I'm embarrassed that I'm fucking all these years sober and about to go tell another person who I respect with my whole life some really gross things that I've been up to this year, you know, some real, real fucking bad shit. And um, I'm not the only one, but it's like, alcoholics will go to any lengths to avoid humility any links to avoid embarrassment. I'm going to drink again instead of doing a step nine so I don't get embarrassed for five minutes. I promise you, me drunk is way more embarrassing than taking responsibility for some of my bad behavior in the past, right? (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. I I mean, most people do. I mean, most people just don't. That's why I I think it's somewhere in other literature where it says that humility gets a bad rap. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that, that wants, that will lay themselves out for embarrassment, like someone that's trying to stop from dying from alcoholism too at the same time it's like i'll go to any lengths to avoid it but if you tell me that this is the only way it's like yeah it's all i got lay me out lay me out on the coals baby let's go like you you know know, what's so weird though is in amends i have never um when people apologize to me for shit I have never felt ill about them. It's so, it's like when people apologize, I go to instant compassion. So it's so weird that yeah. I think that other people are going to attack me. They did. A couple of them were really sick and they did kind of retaliate in my moment of vulnerability, you know, not going to name mm-hmm. any names. Fucking Tammy. We hear about Tammy a lot in my recovery podcast, but it's kind <laughs> of a joke. It's a joke. Fucking Tammy. Um, she did. She retaliated. But for the most part, yeah, people are like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you, you're sober. Please keep doing that. Especially the hurt person I hurt the most in the whole world. That was his response. I am so glad you're an AA and I hope you stay sober. You know, it's so good to hear that. I hope you stay sober, but don't ever fucking speak to me again. And I was like, yeah, right. And that was like a really good one. I was like, that's a really good response. Um, But I'll go to any length. Yeah, to- go ahead. <laughs> Oh, one of mine was um, was a girlfriend that I had had um, in the in the throes of of you know the alcoholism, and um, her mom is in the program, and uh, you know I, I call her. I haven't talked to her in like six years, and I call her, and I'm and I'm you know laying out concise fact based harms, and she goes, you know, I I heard that you were sober because it's a small town, and um, she goes, I was wondering if I was gonna you know if you were ever gonna call and make amends for the things you did, and I'm like. Uh, on the other side, I'm like brooding. I'm like, what, what makes you think that I, you know? And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's I'm not here to play tennis. It's like, oh, holy shit! I was like, yeah. I was like, you absolutely deserve this call. And, and I went and I, you know, I told my wife, and she was like, well, that was kind of, you know, a little. And she what? Like, she, I'm like, no, I harmed this this woman. Yeah. I'm like, I harmed her. There, there's no way around it. Like, she, if she was wondering, like, she probably motherfucked me every to every other day for six years because. I had never taken any attempt to repair the harm that I had done to this person. Mm-hmm. Like I, in a blackout, urinated on this person. <laughs> like, yeah, I, pretty harmful, you know, pretty like, harmful. On them. like, 
pretty fucking harmful. I will go to any lengths not to like admit who and what I am. And that's in step nine. But the first time I do that is in step five. And here's the kicker is like, you're sitting with a sponsor who at this point, you desperately want to like you. Okay. Because you pick someone number one with something that you want, which is another fucking topic for a different podcast, but (laughs) who you understand you have this faith by step five that they know something you don't. So you desperately want this person to like you and be in your life. And that's why it's, it's, it's a mind fuck step where I'm going to tell you the thing I'm dying with the thing that I'm not telling you, I'm going to fucking tell you that. Mm -hmm. And I left it till last. I left it till fucking last. And it was like dry heaving to get it out. But I said the thing to this woman who I desperately already loved. You know, I loved my sponsor. I felt loved by her because no one had ever treated me altruistically before. And I've never treated anyone altruistically before. It was a huge concept. So by step five, I had something to fucking tell her that I had to say. And I was like, it was so hard to say. Mouth it. Mouth it to me. Oh, God. That's a bad one. The truth is, no, I, is I know. I the truth know. is, is that, um, well, her response was like, oh, okay. That was literally it. That was the mm-hmm. whole response, you know. But that, that thing, that secret has been used because I've had five other people, men and women, come and tell me that they did the same thing. And I was like, oh, my God. Is this not, a, is this just. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Um, so in saying that thing, this is the first time where we are going to chew on a lot of humility. Like this is the first time mm-hmm. where I'm being presented with embarrassment, which is mm-hmm. I fucking suck. Like unmitigated embarrassment, you know, like there's like the, you know, I woke up with pissy pants embarrassment and all my buddies and their girlfriends saw me, but there's like the shit i've never told anybody and for me there was there was one thing i'm like oh i'm coming to this with something that i had nothing in my fourth column uh-huh. and i was like well i you know i can't have anything in my fourth column on this what's what's my mistake here and um the the person i did my fist up with said yeah me too he goes did you did you walk around with that for all these years uh-huh. i said yeah he goes sounds pretty fucking selfish to me and I was like, whoa, like, you know, and it's not like this, like victim shaming thing. It's like, can you recognize that? Like, do you understand? You know, and it's not coming from someone who's, you know, it'd be like going to a drug and alcohol counselor that's never smoked a joint, you know, sort of thing. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't smoke weed. And you're like, okay, well, prove it, you know, but it's someone that's like, hey, like, yeah, same. Um, I also walked around with that until I did this thing. And now it is, it's not gone forever. It's not a race from my memory, but it's, it's no longer dominating me. You know, and um, but and that was that was the idea that I was having the spiritual experience when this thing that I drank at for a long time no longer dominated. Mm-hmm. You know, ew, it's but. there are things that are not, but we have no part in, no fucking part in, in things. Absolutely, but am I keeping the ball rolling? I didn't set the ball rolling yeah. here, but am I keeping it yeah. rolling? You're 49 years old, ma'am, and you're still worried about what happened to you at 12. You are not responsible for what happened. But you, the mm-hmm. self-pity is dominating your life. How free, and, yeah. how free to cut the cord of the resentment that I've been tangling. Like, it's like a, 
a yeah, like, human being wrapped around my waist. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. like a human being tied to my back for fucking years and years of this self-pitying, like, look at what he did. Mm. But it's like, bitch, mm. look around you. This is not happening right now. This is not happening. Yeah. The self-pity is dominating my life. And I actually could be free of that because other people are sick too. Just like my beautiful ass fifth step that I'm about to vomit on you about who and what I really am. And that person's pretty fucking gross at times as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I mean, the, uh, the end of this, you know, the, the we, we feel we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Mm. You know, when I, when I bring, I've never sponsored a woman, but when I bring men to this, I'm like, could you imagine, and it's not a gender thing, but um, when I bring guys here, I'm like, could you imagine being on a road where if you went a thousand miles in one direction, you're still not out of your fucking lane? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, because you're not driving the car. You're not in control of the car anymore. God's in control of the car. This broad highway is a thousand miles in, every, in, in either direction. And you're still not even out of your lane yet. Like the you don't hit the rumble strips. If you keep on this path, like you're still on the highway. Like, I mean, there have been days where I am like, Oh, it's been a few days since I've really done a, an honest nightly review or something. And like, you know, we were talking about earlier, you know, getting off that, that spiritual beam for a little bit. Like God's not like sit, waiting with like a stick ready to trip me. And be like, ah, there's the alcohol, you know, like, right. Like with a gun like, to our head, God is forgiving yeah. and loving and it's very graceful like, actually. Yeah. Like I was, I was actually watching you here on TikTok, not doing your nightly review before you went to bed. And then I heard you thinking about it for about 30 <laughs> seconds before you shut your eyes. <laughs> Maybe Hampshire Grand Deer. Let's get back to the pen and paper and answer these six questions and see what's going on. You know, it's yeah. like God isn't going to strike me down for not, you know, what does it say a few you know, pages back? No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. I can no. achieve them. Maintaining them is a whole different thing. You know, and it's like, if I knew what God's will was, this would only be a three-step program. Right. Absolutely. I, don't, I have no idea. I, I, I need, I need guidance constantly. And God's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I hear God get, you know, used as a weapon in the meetings and, you know, oh, you think God told you that? It's like, well, what fucking God do you pray to? Yeah. Like, I get to create, I get to create God in Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, what, what is your God? You, you know, you Lots want to of mean mine? gods out like, there, huh? A lot of there punishing are so many gods. Mean gods out there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, maybe that, maybe that comes from, you know, in, individual people's religious experience, but, you know, and that's the thing I had to untangle what I understood about religion and what I understood about spirituality. And that was impossible for me to do because I used to go to church and then I ate with my grandmother. I'm like, oh, one the supplements same. the other, mm. I guess, you know, and and it was like, whoa, so far from the truth. Yeah. You know? And God will keep growing within us is my experience. And, you know, the longer I'm so- sober, actually, the less conception of God I have, except that, um, you know, the more evidence I have, I have more evidence of God and less of a conception. And that works just fine. So we actually are over our yeah. hour. So we got to wrap us up Ooh, Hampshire damn. Grenadier, but thank you All so right. much for coming on with me. I knew we'd have a lovely talk and thank you everybody yeah, for listening. That's not in the book. Please remember, reach out. That's on the book at hotmail.com and we will see you all next week. Have you even read the fucking book?